What does it look like when God heals you dramatically, physically, emotionally, and all the rest? You're listening to Halfway There, episode number 306, Lauren Roskilly and Trusting God for Healing. Welcome back to Halfway There. This is the show where we have honest conversations with ordinary Christians about today's Christian experience. As always, I'm your host, Eric Nevins. I'm thrilled that you are here. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation because uh, I'm going to enjoy this conversation. I know we're going to have a great time. Um, and I uh, I believe that you'll be encouraged. And so when that happens, would you do me a favor? Would you just share the show with a friend, a relative, a uh, an enemy, I don't care. Jesus said, love your enemy. Send them halfway there. That'd be fine. Just shoot them a text uh, or a message in Facebook or your favorite social media of choice and uh, say, hey, you got to listen to this. That would mean an awful lot to me. It's the best compliment, of course, that you can give. Let's jump right into it. We're, we're, uh, we're jumping across the pond today. Our guest, she is a coach, an author, and a speaker. Our guest is Lauren Roskilly. Lauren, welcome to Halfway There. Hi, Eric. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you. I know we were saying earlier that uh, we've known each other online for a, a while, but never had a chance to have a face-to-face conversation. And I thought, you know what? I want to I just uh, learn more about you. So thanks for being here. You're welcome. As I said, thanks for your time as well. Yeah, this is lovely. It's like I said earlier with social media, it's opened so many doors, doesn't it? And <laughs> it, it's amazing. I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite things about podcasting is the chance. Don't get to do it all the time, but when I do get to get outside of the United States, it's really interesting because we get a whole different perspective, I think, and I, I like that a lot. So uh, I know we Americans are sometimes pigeonholed as not caring about that, but we do. We do. At least this one does. So uh, anyway, let's uh, let's dive. Let's dive in. So tell me, I kind of, you know, broad categories, coach, writer, you know, um, speaker, but uh, there's more to you than that. So tell me a little more about kind of who you are and where God has you right now, Lauren. Um, okay. So as you know, my name is Lauren. I am from Sussex in England. I was born in Sussex. I'm still in Sussex. <laughs> um, so right there on the South coast. So it's, it's lovely part of England near the sea, got the downs. Um, yep. I'm a single mom of two. Uh, I, I'm not going to say kids. They've just turned 18 and 14. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I know that feeling. I know that feeling. A couple of weeks ago, we went from having one in every grade level, which here would be like elementary, middle, high school, and college. It was that way for two years. And now we have uh, two middle schoolers and two college students. It's like, whoa, what happened? What? <laughs> All of a sudden, I'm getting old. So. <laughs> I know what you're saying with that. Uh, okay. Well, tell me about your, uh, you know, your website is Mindful of Christ. Tell me about that and kind of what you, the work you're doing there. Okay. Um, so it began about three, coming up to four years ago now. Initially, it just started with a blog. Um, God asked me to write. Um, I was just coming out of depression and he I, he asked me to write and he t- told me to blog, which was odd because I d- didn't even know what blogging was at the time. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so I had to Google it 
and find out and I said to him, I'm not ready for this. And he was like, I want you to do it now. So wow. it started with writing a blog and you could, you can probably see like the timeline of how I was then to, to where he's brought me now. Um, you could see that the, the state and the mindset I was in and how the journey he's taken me on and brought me on and I just feel so blessed and privileged that I've been able to to share that with the world really um and that's that's where it started and then so it's now Mindful of Christ Ministries it's grown um through obviously his guidance um that it wasn't my plan to do any of this at all yeah <laughs> all right so you weren't you weren't planning on uh on starting a blog but uh, the lord was like hey yeah, i think you need to do this and you you listened right so that's important that's really great uh okay well we'll dive into that some more but i want to hear uh more about your story and kind of uh, what that's like, because we don't learn to listen to God like that overnight, do we? We, we learn that in little steps, one at a time. So I want to hear some of those. Uh, so you, obviously you're in Sussex, England. So growing up there, what was that like? And to give us, you know, most of my listeners will be in the United States. So give us a paint us a picture, give us a little bit of a, of an insight into, into what it's like to grow up in Sussex. Um, well, as kids, my sister and I, or my friend and I used to, our house backed onto fields and fields and a farm. And so we used to disappear off and go for, go for walks yeah. and camps and making mudslides and all things like that. <laughs> yep. Um, so I lived with is my, it, sorry, go on. Is it, is it rural? It sounds kind of rural. Yes, like yes, it yeah. was. Yeah. Um, so my school was in the next village along, which was actually a Church of England school, but um, my family, I wasn't brought up as a Christian. Um, my family aren't Christians, and my gran is, and my aunt became born again about five years ago. But apart from that, I wasn't brought up in a Christian household at all. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So not a Christian family. Um, where, so where did you encounter Christ? Like you, which I, I can I just say also, I find it very interesting. You went to a church of England school, but you didn't, there was, you didn't, did you encounter, you didn't encounter Christ there? Really? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> See, that's weird to us. We're like, if you go to the Christian school, you're going to hear about Jesus, right? One way or the other. <laughs> we sang about, we had hymns in the assembly. <laughs> Yeah. I think that was about the extent of it. <laughs> Fascinating. Okay. Well, I can remember anyway. <laughs> right. Right. That's, that's just, yeah, for that would be unheard of in the United States. Right. So, uh, okay. So what, so tell me about that. How did you, how did you find Christ then? Uh, okay. Well, it was about 17 years ago and I need to like back a track. So it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, do it. Um, so I used to call myself a white witch. I was into casting spells, reading rune stones, reading tarot, uh, a lot of stuff around that. And so <laughs> that was my name. I, I thought that was my name. I, that's what I called myself, a white witch. Yeah. 
and we my my ex-husband and i we were in in a pub <laughs> drinking in the middle of the afternoon and this this chap came over and started talking to us well mainly me and he started telling me about myself things he shouldn't and wouldn't have known he was a total stranger and by the end of this i was fascinated by him by the end of this conversation he asked me to join he he ran and headed up a witch's convent and he asked me to join and so i took his number I was really interested but my ex-husband who wasn't a christian decided to ring our window cleaner <laughs> now there's a reason for that <laughs> okay that seems <laughs> random but yeah okay <laughs> But as you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so our window cleaner knew my husband's fam my ex-husband's family. And so he was a Christian. Every time he came around and cleaned our windows, he would preach. He would tell us about Jesus. And it was clearly a battle of the spirits. I'd disappear into the kitchen and make the cheese. That was <laughs> I didn't like it. Um so he'd rung the window cleaner and he came around that night and it, there was a hefty debate for a good few hours <laughs> and then about two o'clock in the milk morning in the middle of a video it was probably about midnight actually uh video that was how long ago it was if you can remember videos <laughs> yeah um a video on evolution because i was quite hung up on evolution and i basically had uh well what i called a light bulb moment the holy spirit clearly zapped me and in the middle of this video i was like oh it was like my eyes were opened and i knew that what he was telling me the window cleaner was telling me was right I knew that I was a sinner. I knew that Jesus had died for me. And I ran around. The first thing I did was run around the house collecting all of my spell books, my rune stones, everything, oh. and ran across the street. I didn't put it in my kitchen bin. I ran across the street and chucked it in the bins over there. Came back. He prayed with me, led me through the, um, the sinner's prayer. And then he went then he went home and I was left just completely filled with the Holy Spirit and I wrote my first poem as it's, it's called the night of conversion and I probably didn't go to sleep till about two three o'clock in the morning <laughs> wow that sounds like a powerful experience yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah right interesting okay so how did your husband respond to this because you said he wasn't a Christian what what was his response um I can't remember at the time I think I was just in my own little <laughs> mm. world to be honest but two weeks later he he became the Christian so oh, yeah that's too. yeah <laughs> so yeah and then fascinating we, yeah. go ahead I was gonna say we started going to a church and christened our daughter who was one at the time <laughs> Yeah. No. Fascinating. Okay. So that's a huge turnaround in like, 
you know, a really short period of time. What, what was that like? And, and can you remember in the days, weeks, months, years, maybe, uh, after, after that, how things maybe changed for you or how you changed? Well, it's, it's been these past 17 years of been quite <laughs> quite something <laughs> um yeah i mean we went through homelessness all sorts of stuff um which i probably won't go into because i don't want to um talk bad about anyone um but yeah that we had a whole heap of trials and difficulties after that um but i i stayed faithful to god and slowly grew a relationship with him um and it it seemed fine and then it wasn't until so it was about five years ago so when i was um about 19 i attempted suicide I probably should have <laughs> warned you about this before that um and then over the years so I had this condition which started when I was 14 which was on and off on and off for oh, 24 years and so that played a big part of my mental health and I went through seasons of depression um anxiety self-harm all of that and then I keep saying too it's probably about three years ago now I resubmitted and resurrendered my life to Jesus and since then this these last three years and my relationship with him has mm. really it's just it's just been an incredible incredible journey and it's kind of coincided with his his purpose for for my life yeah. which I again didn't know <laughs> was going to happen but the start of the real true relationship with him was about three years ago yeah interesting so I think one one way I would put that is so I, I kind of see the journey in these I call them four stages. They're not linear necessarily. And so I, it, I should probably find a better way to talk about them, but you know, there's this, this journey of like kind of meeting Jesus and you told us about that. And then there's usually a season of like learning his ways, right? Like learning what that means. And so uh, were there anything in that, in that time kind of between, I mean, it sounds like there were a lot of things and you don't have to talk about anything you don't want to, but I'm curious about like um, times between where you, where you grasp something like, was there a scripture or a book or a mentor or something that really kind of showed you something about who Jesus is and who you are in relation to him during that season? Um, like prior to that three years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just listened to a lot of Joyce Mayer, um, the, the Bible I had, I went to church, I had home groups, I had Bible study groups, I had Christian friends, um, listen to sermons, all of that. So yeah, you're doing all the things. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not, I'm totally not disregarding that. Right. However many years, 15 years, 14, 15 years of before 
these this last few years um so yeah it, it, it was a journey and yeah like like everyone and everything we are on that, that journey aren't we and we're constantly learning we're constantly growing hopefully yeah <laughs> yeah so uh which is which is kind of the point and that's what i like to hear to have people um here is that the journey I always say it's longer, deeper, and wider than we've been told. So I don't know how it is where you grew up, but here as a kid, the basically the the story of life with God was I, my life was terrible, then I met Jesus, and now my life was great, right? Which is true, except for all the other things that happened in life. Yeah. So there's we never talked about something like the dark night of the soul. And so um, I, I like to talk about those things uh, because they're a normal part of, the journey of what happens. Um, so what I'm curious about, you're doing all the things, but then you still come to this time when you were like, it was really dark for you. Mm -hmm. And it, again, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about or not, but, um, okay. Well, so, so take me into that. Like, what was it that you were, that you were struggling with and where was God for you, especially that's what I'm really interested in. I think the biggest thing was, the health condition I had. Um, so at 14, I started fainting and basically what would happen mm. with this was it would happen between three and 10 times a day. And then that oh, would, wow. yeah. And that would go on for like months, sometimes years, and then it will ease up and that easing stage where it's not so bad would probably be a year 18 months at the most and then it will start again so it will come and go in seasons and I spent half of my life in the hospital and the doctors and consultants scratching their heads <laughs> wondering what the problem was um they obviously have blood pressure and heart rate but they couldn't pinpoint what it actually was and that had a massive impact on mm. on my mental health, um, as, as you could, could imagine. Um, but well, it sounds it sounds like you were living under this sort of constant fear, maybe of like, is this going to happen? And did that limit kind of probably some of your interactions and your, I'm guessing your ability to go out or like interact with other people. Oh yes, completely. And I think it really impacted. It's about five or six years ago now, after I became, when I became a single mum, because it was the first time in my entire life that I was on my own dealing with it. Mm. And I had the responsibility of my kids. Um, and so I hadn't realised that that is, that was until like hindsight. <laughs> hindsight sure. is great, isn't it? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I hadn't realized that that was probably the reason that I, it affected me even more was because I did feel very alone with it. Um, I mean, at the time my daughter was 14 and my son was 10 and well, obviously around about that and over as it happened, but she was my little nurse, Nancy, she, she was incredible and she was doing all the things that 
a young teenager shouldn't have had to do. She was mm. cooking, she was cleaning, she was um, helping me when I had an episode. I mean, there was times where I couldn't even sit up without blacking out. So I'd black out at the dinner table or on the toilet or oh in goodness. the shower. And the amount of times she's had to drag me out of the shower or deal with me in vulnerable positions. And um, right. she had to deal with all of that. And then, and then, so for a year we had like, I had friends come in, a couple of friends came in and, helping out a little bit um and then covid hit so no one could help <laughs> yeah so she was stuck dealing with it and so i was in my mind and my mental so also <laughs> just just to add to it so as i've said the whole seasons of it it was never long enough for me to do my driving lessons and so I couldn't drive. And then, so it must have been about five, six years ago, it finally stopped long enough, did my driving lessons, passed my test, was driving for three months, and then bam, another episode, put me in hospital. And that was that time that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And the doctor said to me, I couldn't drive anymore. They told me, they finally gave me a diagnosis that six years ago. Um, they called it neurocardiogenic syncope and they told me that there wasn't a cure or treatment for it and so with a mixture I just like to add here <laughs> which you might want to ask about in a bit um, I have been hymned praise the lord okay yeah um, so yeah just just drop that in there for a second um, <laughs> but at the time so because I'd had my I literally it's freedom if you if you will for a better word a bit um taken away first floor flat um couldn't go out on my own so three and a half years I didn't leave the house on my own um I couldn't I kept concussing myself <laughs> um it yeah so but, because you would just black out and you'd get a yeah yeah, yeah. I just hit my head most of the time no good no good <laughs> Um, so yeah, and so I was because of becoming ill again, having my driving license taken away, getting this diagnosis, being on my own as a parent, and then I felt a burden on my kids. I felt like I was a useless mother. Um, I felt complete burden. It was a whole situation which was completely out of my control. I mean, even the doctors couldn't control it. How was I supposed to control it? And that knowing again, hindsight, I didn't know that that was a massive part of it as well. Um, mm -hmm. All of this stuff, I felt useless. I felt unloved, etc, etc. <laughs> and I started off with I thought I was just sad and then someone said, oh, you're probably grieving because you've had all of this taken away. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then after <laughs> another few months, <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I am depressed. I need to deal with this. But yeah. I've learned to recognise the symptoms. I mean, I mean, I was self-harming. <laughs> I, right. I think I figured it out. 
Um, so I, I reached out for help and I reached out to him. Yeah. Okay. So that was going to be my next question because that's the part that I'm always interested in hearing about is where is the Lord for you during that season? Obviously it was very dark and you're losing some freedom and you're, you know, it seems very difficult, but where was God for you? Um, I mean, at the time, I was, I'm going to say that he was there, but again, that's another hindsight thing. Uh, yep. I wasn't aware of it at the time. I knew he was real. I couldn't deny that because of my past and my conversion, everything. I, I knew he was real. And so I would never do the whole suicide thing again. <laughs> um, and so it's kind of put me into a harder situation in a way. And uh, he was, uh, the only way of describing it was he was that pinprick of dot of light at the end of a very dark, long tunnel. Yeah. Um, but I could see it and I knew he was there. And I mean, it was my, it was my uh, own stuff. It was my own mindset. It was my focus my focus was I was feeling sorry for myself like really badly feeling sorry for myself and my focus wasn't on him anymore but he was there and looking back it, he, he was looking out for me um yeah and that's and that's when it happened and what I just want to point out friends uh is that uh, this is how it can be sometimes right I mean John of the Cross referred to it as dark night of the soul because he literally got thrown in a closet, right? By his, by his monks, his monk brethren who were supposed to be on his side, but they didn't like him. And so they threw him in a closet and he eventually escaped, but he also wondered where God was, right? He also had this very dark, this is why he uses darkness because it was a dark closet. Um, and it feels like God is far away, but even if you can look like in retrospect, see, okay, there was, there's a little light at the end of the tunnel, but the tunnel seemed really long. Right. Um, you know, the Bible tells us he's always near, right? He's, he's everywhere. He, he won't leave us or forsake us, but it can feel like that. And so that's part of the point. So maybe you're there and uh, I just want you to know that, you know, we can call it light at the end of the tunnel or whatever, but he's, he is present. Even if you feel like he's not, or you're not paying attention and you don't, don't experience it. So that's what I wanted to just kind of highlight from, from what you've said. So then um, it sounds like though you were able to get some help and then eventually find some healing. So tell me, tell me that story. Um, okay. So I was in bed one day, this pretty particularly tricky time. And I was, oh, I say I was praying. I was like, Lord, what is the point in all this? <laughs> That's pray. That's prayer. <laughs> yeah. <It's> okay. <laughs> I was talking to him. Um, so yeah, I was literally, uh, I'm just going to little highlight this. I wasn't asking why I was asking what, and that is quite key mm. for anyone that is listening to ask God, what is the point rather than why? are we in this situation? Because it's about what we learn from it. What mm -hmm. can we learn from each situation rather than be engrossed in 
the situation as it is, if that makes any sense. But looking at the problem, but asking God, what is it that I need to learn in this? So I didn't know that at the time. I've learned that since. (laughs) Yeah. But apparently I asked the right question. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I was like, what is the point in my life? Why have I got this? Why haven't I been healed? Um, What is the point, Lord? Um, You know what he said to me five minutes later? He said, Jeremiah 29, 11. And so I looked in the Bible because I didn't know this verse particularly. I looked in the Bible and it said, I have plans for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And I was like, I scoffed. I I couldn't believe him. (laughs) Even though it was pretty direct. I was like, how? (laughs) Yeah, fascinating. So that's a really common scripture that we we say to each other all the time over here. (laughs) Uh, But okay, so so you're like, okay, God, whatever. That's not, you know, doesn't seem to be the case. What's going on? Yeah. Um, And then what happened? So it wasn't long after that where I'd got to that point and I'd got to that point where I was, I was fed up feeling the way I was fed up even more. So even though I was almost at that point, because I'd asked them that question and I was like, Lord, please help. I'm done. So this is where the resubmission and resurrender came in. I I said to him I I I was literally flat on the floor I literally crying my I was like streams of tears and I was like Lord I'm done trying to be in control of something I'm not in control of I'm done feeling like I'm in this darkness I, I'm done living like this Lord help me and that's pretty much all I said to him and. You know what he did it wasn't an instant that i'm helping you <laughs> yeah it was a journey and that was the beginning and so <laughs> i felt led to go so i sat in front of my bookshelf which i had full of christian books i probably only read like not even half of the books on the shelf and i oh don't don't i uh, know believe me <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I love your library. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was sat in front of this shelf and I was like, what am I doing here, God? And then this book jumped out at me, not physically, but like in my mind, was, I was just drawn to this one book and it was called Toxic Emotions by Mary Alice Isleb. And Christian Christian author, Christian writer, and talking about toxic emotions. And I started reading this book and she spoke to me. It was like she was speaking to me in the exact situation I was in, um, knew my thoughts and feelings and was explaining it and saying how it's they're actually quite toxic thoughts and how to not necessarily how to overcome it like then and there sort of thing. But that was the start of 
the journey. And along with that book, I started reading my daily devotions again. I started listening to worship music, albeit probably not worship music. It was songs like In the Eye of the Storm and Lauren Daigle, <laughs> you say, and all those, yeah. <laughs> you see where I'm going. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like you decided and that the Lord kind of led you to a place of going, okay, I need to get a hold of some of these emotions and and replace them with things that make me feel better, right? Exactly. And that's what it started with. I was started with making it feel better. And then I said to him, like, again, it was the whole, I'm done. I'm going to give this to you. That whole Joyce Mayer, let go, let God. I'm going to give it yep. to you. I'm not even going to look at it anymore. I'm going to turn my focus right around and I'm going to build my relationship up with you, Lord. That is what I decided to do. And I decided to give him every part of my life because I wasn't in control of it. So I was like, here you go. And yep. I literally threw myself into the word, into worship, into talking to him. And that was the beginning of this healing journey. I, I reached out to for help because I knew I needed a counsellor as well. Um, I actually went for CBT. I was put on antidepressants for a little while, which was helpful. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I just like to say, I know people can be a bit touch and go with antidepressants, but I think they can be helpful yep. in the moment. As, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge believer in tools. So if, if those are a good tool for you, God can heal and he can use a whole lot of things. And that's what I, that's, that's my whole point. So you started to get some, you know, get some help, get some medication, get some things that some therapy that started to help you. How was it, was it a gradual process to get over your, um, the physical kind of, uh, health issue that was causing you the, the problems or what, what happened? Yeah, it was a start journey of healing from those, let's call them toxic emotions, shall we? Uh, a journey coming out of that tunnel and towards the light and through CBT and all these different things and reading the word of God and building my relationship up with him, I learned new strategies new ways of thinking um because we can rechange our mind we can change our thinking and our thought processes uh mm -hmm. are you familiar with caroline leaf dr caroline leaf no oh well maybe i don't know but what is she what's she written okay so she's a neuroscientist she's written a few books one of the latest one is cleaning up your mental mess oh yeah and she talks about um, how we can retrain our mind and our way of thinking and our thought processes um, and creating new ways of thinking and forming new habits. Um, so she was very helpful in all of that as well. I love that. Um, and I, I do think that's really important. That's so I've been kind of on this, um, mindset journey myself, you know, uh, the, in the last few, if you, I don't know if you get the newsletter from Christian podcasters association, but I've been writing about mindset, um, over the last couple of weeks. And I've been studying, I just read, um, a book, uh, 
called Mindset and uh, and and a number of others, and it has it makes a big difference, right? I think um, I I grew up. I don't know if this is true for you, but I grew up with a with a view that we just said, well, just read your Bible and pray, and you should be fine, right? You should be. But nobody, number one, taught us how to do that, and number two. Uh, that ain't it. That ain't everything. <laughs> like there's other things that you need in your life and, and some training. It's weird too. Um, you know, some training to kind of overcome some of the ingrained things that you, that you learn, right? Like uh, I have a conversation uh, sometimes with a friend who we both grew up in the same place and we realize how like actually the socioeconomic status of that place and some of the, really difficult things that we encountered was like, Oh, we can make sense of it now. Right. Now that we're in our forties, but it was way harder at the time and, and kind of trying to understand that, but that's all. So some of those in those mindsets we inherit, right. We get them from other places and we have to be intentional about digging into them and understanding them and changing them so that you can be more well, happy, successful, whatever you, whatever you want to, want to call it. And even I think our, our relationship with the Lord is affected by those things. So, uh, okay. So that's my little diatribe, but you, you tell, tell me, Lauren, what, so you found all these things very helpful. Uh, and then, and then does that take us up to this three moment three years ago, or what was that? T- tell me about that. Yeah, that was the moment three years ago. Um, but yeah, just what you were saying about like your mindset on how you grew up. It's like, we've all, we all have different perspectives and our our history, our, the way we live, our situations can all have an impact on our mindset as well, can't it? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just yep. wanted to add that after what you just said. Yeah, totally. I And I think it's maybe undervalued in terms of what it takes to, I, I think, walk. I mean... I, Think about all the stories. So I'm today and tomorrow I'm going to write a newsletter about mindset in the Bible, right? I mean, think about all these stories. I can I can think of a lot. I think the kingdom of God that Jesus talks about is probably a mindset as much as anything. Um, but you know, for some reason the the example that's coming up to me is the one of is it Elisha with the prophets, and they're they're like cornered, and then he opens the guy's eyes to see all the angels around, right? The they were they were. Do you know the story I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, and he can see that there's actually a spiritual thing going on. Like that, that is a mindset of, oh, God's always here, whether it looks like it's going to work out or not. Right. That's, that's a, that's a kingdom way of thinking. Mm-hmm. It takes practice, man. And we can't beat ourselves up for not having that. It takes time and steps in the journey. Abraham didn't learn to trust the Lord overnight. Right. The first thing, the next page, he Abraham, God calls him. The next page, he's arguing with him, right? Like, so it's okay. Yeah, exactly. Were you healed? Was it just over time, the healing, the physical healing? The, the Oh, the physical healing. Yeah. That was about four months ago. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, I was, yeah, like the whole mindset thing was, uh, and my mental health was a long journey um mm-hmm. over the past few years but no this this healing is a whole yeah no so what it's i'll take you back <laughs> yeah do it so last year 
So you'll have to excuse me. I'm jumping all over the place, but there's a reason behind my madness. <laughs> oh, excuse the pun. Didn't mean to do that. Um, <laughs> um, so beginning of last year, I joined a, a group coaching program. And so last November, we had like a whole weekend virtual summit and we were on this virtual summit and they asked, oh, does anyone want to say anything at the end of one session? And I put my hand up and they said, oh, Lauren, would you like to speak? I was like, oh, yes, great. Thank you. Um, so what I said to them, so there's 379 people on this call and I said to them what God had been doing that week and what God had said to me. So what God had said. So previously, back in the March, I led my own virtual summit and my keynote speaker had, after the event, had asked me if I'd join him in doing an in-person conference in London and obviously at the time I was still very ill. And so I responded to him and said, can I pray about that and get back to you? Um, so I did. And so that week I was having a prayer time with God and I felt him say to me, message him and, and say, yes, you'll do it. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, but Lord, I, I can't even go around to my local shop, which was five minutes away on my own. I haven't left the house for three and a half years on my own. I don't know how you're going to do this, but I messaged the guy. I did what I was told. So that's a, something that I've learned over the last <laughs> however many years is not just to pray and talk to him, but to listen to him and then do what he tells us to. So that's something there. And so I messaged him back and said, okay. Anyway, I had an interview, a live interview the following day. So which was the day before this summit. So you'll see what's happening in a minute. It all makes sense. Um, the following day was that live interview. It's literally a short 15 minute interview and just talking about similar what we're talking about now. Didn't no mention of speaking. I mean, why would I? That wasn't that wasn't what I was thinking about. That wasn't the message. And right at the end, she goes, oh, and I can see you on a stage talking, all of that. And then she cut the call. And I was like, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> so I messaged her and said, why did you say that at the end? And she said, oh, sorry, I didn't explain. But a couple of months ago, God asked me to start prophesying over my interviewees. And that's what I saw. And so I messaged her and I said what God had said to me the night before about doing this conference in London. Yeah. And then I said, but I don't know how, because I've got this condition, um, blah, 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 blah. And she said, oh, okay, that's, um, bless you. I actually do this like prayer sessions with healing prayer sessions. Let's mm. jump on a call. So we were to jump, we jumped on a call and did a two hour prayer session later on praying about it. Anyway, so back to the um, group coaching 
call with 379 people on there. I told them all of this. And then I said, but I don't know it's gonna how it's gonna happen because I'm, I'm, I'm still ill, but I trust God that I'm gonna be healed. I've, and I hadn't even noticed I'd said it, but my coach said, just hang on there. I just wanna flag up what you just said to everyone here today. You just said, God told you what you were going to do. You had that prophecy over you and you are trusting God in your healing. Mm. So he flagged that. I, I hadn't realized what I'd done. And at that moment, or when I came up, so all 379 people prayed for me on that call. Um, but after that call, I realized that that was the first time in 24 years that I'd ever said that I trust God for healing. I've never been wow. able to say it before that. I never thought it. I never thought it would ever happen. But I found myself saying it and because I meant it. And so that was that. And then, so I hadn't had an episode since last August. August? Yeah, August. Um, and so, but I still had a lot of anxiety about leaving the house. Um, well, obviously, it was the concussion and everything. Um, yeah. So I had a wheelchair. I bought myself a little badge saying I had this condition. I bought myself a hat. <laughs> And I thought I need to get up because I'd become very um, um, agoraphobic. That's the one. Um, so I'd I started to so I'd like first make it out into my hallway. Then I had to make it to the front door. Then I had to make it to the garden. Then the shop. Anyway, I started doing this and tr trying to train myself to go out a bit more. And I think it was about a week or two later. Um, I, my friend invited me to hers, which was across town. It would have taken me, took me two buses to get to hers. So I was like, right, Lord, I can do this. I can do all things through you who gives me strength. So that was one scripture that's helped me through, right through. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the other one is... Uh, Strength will rise as you wait upon the Lord. Uh, you will not faint, you won't grow weary. Um, Isaiah verse. So those yeah. verses really stuck with me. And so I was repeating these verses as I was on the bus to my friend. Anyway, on the way back, um, I got on the bus and this woman was opposite me so I was at the front of the bus the rest of the bus was half full with people I was sat there with my wheelchair at the front and this woman looked at me and she goes who's that wheelchair for and I was like oh it's for me <laughs> she goes what's wrong with you and I, exactly in that tone and I was like oh, rude but <laughs> neurocardiogenic <laughs> I was like uh, neurocardiogenic syncope uh I was just and then she was like are you a Christian? I was like, yes. Was a completely random question. I was like, yes. She goes, excellent. She threw her arms up, walked across the bus to me and I stood up and we were talking and she, well, she was talking to me. She said, you know, it's finished, right? And I was like, Jesus on the cross. Yeah. And she goes, yeah, it's finished. By his blood, you have been healed. You don't need that wheelchair anymore. Don't look back. Look forwards. It is finished. It is done. And I was like, 
okay. And then we prayed. <laughs> um, I had my hands out. We were praying at the front of the bus. And then we started praying for people on the bus, not individually, but where we were. And then she got off. And I was like, left thinking, wow. And it's funny because looking back over the last few months prior to that, I kept hearing, look up, look up in films, scripture, random places, look up, look up, don't look back. All these, those little sayings that she'd said, but I hadn't, wow. I hadn't clicked. It needed to be, well, obviously, I mean, I'd come and gone in seasons for 24 years of my life. So I think he need, I think I needed to have a big, you know, <laughs> him telling me you're healed love. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's an incredible story. Uh, yeah. I love that. And were you were able then to do the the speech? So or the, uh, the, hasn't the been conference? done yet because of COVID and restrictions. He hasn't been able to get over here, but we're hoping to do it next year. Okay, cool. Um, but I'm actually putting on my own event this year in person where I live. So um, yeah, and since that day. I got rid of my wheelchair, got rid of my hat, <laughs> telling the world. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Anxiety is just like pfft, gone. Oh, see, that's, I love that. And that's the kind of thing I, I love to hear. I do want to ask one more question um, about the, uh, about how you learned to trust God like that. Because, uh, I mean, obviously you went through, through a lot there or even to, trust that when you're hearing something you're hearing from him because that's not it doesn't come from nowhere right so where, where did you where did you learn that um i suppose this is this last this last trip if we're talking about a journey it's this last trip since the resubmission um really learning to listen and recognize his voice and well, I mean, we see how he works in our lives. And that moment on that call last year, I've never said that before. That that mm. didn't come from me. Well, it did, but it came because I had strengthened that relationship with him. He'd helped me strengthen the resilience I mean, mm -hmm. he healed me of my emotions. I mean, I think I've missed a vital point. Um, I went to, a, when I was, I was still in the state, I was starting to come out of the depression and I went to a church with a friend. It wasn't my church, it wasn't a local church. And I was still ill because we, and she, at the end they said does anyone want prayer so we were like we've we got time yeah let's go up forward and we asked for prayer for for the neurocardiogenic syncope that's all i said no one in this building knew me apart from my friend um and this woman started praying for the syncope and i was zapped by the holy spirit and went down um and it was funny because my my son because he's used to me fainting i need to get you water when he came over afterwards he said something told me that you hadn't fainted i knew you you were okay 
And I was like, hmm. out of the mouth of babes. But when I'd gone down, this woman was still praying and she literally used the words toxic emotions. Lord, heal her from these emotions. Wow. And I remember lying there thinking, thanks, God. No one else told her that. That was you. <laughs> nice. So that that moment, I thought I was physically healed. Um, and I'd gone on. I'd gone away with my friend for a, a break and a holiday. And uh, I started like, I, I came off my meds thinking I was healed because I'd had that incredible moment with the Holy Spirit at that church. And it, well, we had the holiday, I danced, I swam, and I thought I was healed. But two weeks later, I started fainting again. But it was that fainting again that made me realize that my emotions had been healed. It wasn't mm. so it, it, was, it was still part of the journey. It was still part of my story that yeah. I had to continue still having that condition. But the fact of the matter was I could deal with it. Through him and his help, I getting stronger and closer to him, my resilience and ability to an acceptance of what I had. Yeah. He'd he'd helped me with that. So um yeah. Wow. Lauren, I love that. Um, definitely a powerful story. And I have to ask one other question. Uh so I'm curious. So is your well, and maybe it's just the same there as it is here. Like we have all these circles of, of different kinds of Christians. You know what I mean? So some of them are very, uh, they'll believe in this. Other, other people will be like, oh, you know, God only uses the Bible or whatever. Uh, and so there's these kind of different camps that we, and we fight each other because that's fun. Uh, but uh, but, but uh, is it where you are at least, is it, does it do Christians tend to be pretty uh, spirit, like open to the Holy Spirit, I guess is the best way to put it? Well, yeah, the, I mean, the people in the churches that I've gone to and go to are. Mm, I mean, okay. I've joined Bible school at my church and they were just talking on Monday night about the fact that his, his God is three persons, he's three in one, and that we can pray to the Holy Spirit. And it's like, mm. well, obviously, I knew that. I learned that um, through him and my relationship with him um but it's is i suppose you're right it's not obvious for everyone and there's a few people that i was with it's like oh i didn't know i could pray to the holy spirit and i was like really <laughs> so right. some people are like yeah everyone's different aren't they i suppose yeah. and we're all on a separate journey right that's see that's interesting to me i'm, I'm curious you also seem like I'm guessing uh, you're pretty open spiritually in term uh, because you were into all the the witchy stuff earlier, right? Like you were kind of already open to some of that kind of thing and replace it with the Holy Spirit. So I'm I'm just always fascinated by that as as well, particularly cultures, church cultures that I don't have access to. So I was I appreciate you give me a little insight. That's that. fine. Good question. I love it. Okay, well. Lauren, thanks so much for just sharing a little bit of your story, sharing about your healing. That's amazing. I love that the Lord did that for you. People can find you at mindfulofchrist.net, correct? And they can find out 
more about coaching and speaking. If you want to hear more about Lauren's story, uh, Lauren, is there anything you want to leave us with? Perhaps a message for your audience. Um, you know what? It's it's okay not to be okay, but to remember that. But also, most importantly, to remember that God is with you, whether you feel like mm. it or not. But the important bit is to try and learn to shift your focus. I mean, what our mind is focused on is so important and key in our mindset, our thinking, and most importantly, our relationship with God. So have a thing, ask yourself the question, what am I focused on? Am I distracted? Um, am I looking at myself? Am I looking at something else? Um, or are we looking at God? Are we looking at Christ? Amen. Amen. I think your story clearly demonstrates to sometimes it comes in stages and we just have to stay on the journey and you never know. Sometimes it's rocky. Sometimes it's steep, but always God is with us. I love that, Lauren. Thanks so much for being here and sharing your story. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great chatting.